You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We've been doing a series on faith as a church, and uh, this is week number three. And uh, the very first week, I, I shared on this understanding that as believers, we're called to live by faith and not by sight, right? The, the Bible challenges us that the righteous will live by faith. And I shared about this, this aspect of we, we need to, as Christians, be making decisions upon what God is saying and not just about what our logic says to be right or, or what our understanding is or what our sight is. And sometimes that's a challenge because we get caught up into just making decisions based upon what we know. But sometimes if we want to move in the element of faith, we need to be listening to His voice in every circumstance we find ourselves and be following His voice and His leading every step of the way. We also looked at this aspect of believing for the impossible. Often we don't see impossible things happening. We don't see the wonder of God because often our, our expectation level is so low. And I believe God calls us to believe for the impossible in our circumstances. Be praying for the impossible that we would see his mighty hand at work in our lives and to obey him even when it seems illogical. And there's often those moments that come. And last week, Julian shared a great message on, on having faith in the routine, ordinary times of life. It isn't just about these great grand moments when the stars align and the sun is shining on you and the Holy Spirit comes and moves through your life. But actually, it's at work, at the desk, you know, in a situation, everyday life, God wants to move in your life. God, God wants to touch the people around you. And it, it's, it's something for the everyday situations. And he calls us to be in tune with him, to walk with him on the everyday journeys. And so today we're going to carry on with this journey of faith. But we're going to look at it maybe from a slightly different perspective. What happens when we do listen to God's voice and it doesn't quite go to plan? How many have had that happen before in your life? You follow God. You say, okay, Lord, I'll do that. And then it doesn't quite go to plan. You think everything should just be happening because you said yes to the Lord. And yet it just seems to be going all terribly wrong. I've had a number of those moments in my life where I do question, God, did I get that quite right? Are you sure that's what you said? Because this does not seem like the grand miracle I was expecting. There is this element of faith that doesn't always, that isn't predictable. Can I just say God is not predictable? He calls us to trust Him, to put our faith in Him, but He's not a predictable God. He's not someone who just, because we, we, we put the right combination and we get the right thing in return. God says, I, I, I want you to trust me, put your faith in me, but now you're in my hands. And the outcome is not like a, a dispenser, but the outcome is part of His providence, part of His plan that ultimately is for His glory. But the whole process of how the outworking of that faith happens may be different than what you expect. I'm sure when Abraham set out to the land in which he was promised, was expecting, I'm sure at some point, to build a house to settle. But he lived in tents the whole time, not quite receiving what he was promised. But it came years later. We're going to look at a story. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. This story is covered in three of the Gospels. It's covered in Matthew, Mark, and John. And so we're going to actually look at the story from both or all three of these because they all tell a bit of the story that the other ones kind of miss. 
And so I hope we get a picture. And this is Jesus walking on the water, which is such a great story. Many of you already know this story, but I pray that it really something shines in our hearts today for this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Well, he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside um, by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, as you do. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed on the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I want to start with this understanding that Jesus sends them out into the lake on their own ahead of him. It says, in fact, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. The very beginning of the story, Jesus had a plan. It wasn't by accident the disciples were on the boat in the lake. In the boat on the lake. Let's get that right. In the boat on the lake. Jesus had a plan as to what was going to happen. He, he knew what the future was looking like. Can I just say that Jesus always has a plan for our lives? It wasn't by mistake that these guys got into the boat. Jesus was purposely working out this situation. And what's great about the story is that the disciples were following his instructions. Can I just say that faith is obedience to what God is asking you to do? So when Jesus says, get in the boat and go on the other side of the lake, faith is saying, okay, I'm going to take you at your word. We're going to get in the boat. Even though at this moment we don't know what that kind of looks like, I will get in the boat and I'll start going across the lake because that's what you said to do. So these disciples were moving in the element of faith because they were obedient to what Jesus was asking them to do. Right? Now, Jesus is not in the boat. Or so it appears in the story. Now, not long, they, they get out in the boat and, and suddenly the waves begin to pick up and the wind is picking up and the disciples start to, to struggle. Now, again, living for the last eight years in, in Brighton, um, when the wind is, is ferocious and, and the waves are crashing, I can just kind of picture them in the middle of the lake and they're trying to row across. They don't have a motor. They're trying to row. Jesus said, get to the other side of the lake. And they're trying to get to the other side of the lake, but they're getting nowhere fast. How many feel those kind of moments in life where you are trying to get to the other side of the lake and you just can't quite get there? That's what's happening. These guys, and again, some of these guys are experienced fishermen. They know how to handle boats, but they are starting to struggle. And at this point, the questions can start to come. Where is Jesus? Why did he send us into the storm? Surely he, he must have known. Didn't he, uh, didn't we follow his directions carefully? I don't know. I, I've had moments in my life when I've, when I follow God 
and I set out on the journey that he's called me to, and suddenly things start happening where you start to question, did I get something wrong? Weren't we supposed to be going to the other side? Why can't we get there? Why are we struggling right now in the middle? And what's interesting is they are in the middle of the lake. They, it's difficult to go back and it's difficult to go forward. They're kind of stuck in a situation only because Jesus asked them to go to the other side of the lake. They're only in that predicament because they were following God, His voice. And it's the middle of the night, it's dark, there's crashing waves, and the scene is set for something unexpected. We don't always know what Jesus is sending us into. Can I say, walking by faith and not by science is, is not always walking into moments and, and kind of this blissful existence with Jesus. When we follow Jesus, we are sometimes heading into the storms. We're, we're sometimes heading into moments when God has got a plan, He's got a purpose, there's a reason the storm is happening, but he's, he's, it's all part of the big picture that He's looking to fulfill in our lives. In fact, Jesus seldom, following Jesus seldom means easy sailing. I've discovered this to be true in my own life. Walking by faith is not going down kind of a nice gentle stream, kind of in a rowboat. It's often going through the rapids. I think you were talking about this last week. It's often that scary moment. So I think, God, I, I thought, I thought this is what you said. But if we even look at James, we see there's faith, but then there's also the testing of faith. We can say we trust God, which is fantastic. Because sometimes there's an element where we need to, where that faith needs to be worked out, needs to be challenged. And in James 1, 2 to 4, it says, Consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy when the storms come. Yeah, your faith is being challenged. It's being developed. There's something about perseverance that needs to kind of work through in your life. There's moments in life where we hit these storms, these challenges, that we have to just dig down deep and keep trusting God's voice. He called us to go to the other side of the lake. We're going to keep going. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep putting our hope in Him, even though right now it doesn't make sense. It seems like we're, we're kind of on our own. You see, God wants us to be complete, mature. He doesn't want us to be infil, our, um, infants in our faith, but He wants us to mature in our faith. And the only way that we can be mature in our faith is when some storms come in following His voice. Are you catching this? In following His voice, He leads us into paths that can be challenging because He tests the faith I have not, I've noticed, I've known this, uh, found this to be true in every ministry that started up, every, um, person who's felt called to, to go into, to some kind of context, I've found it to be true in every single situation that they set out, God calls and they say, yes, they start the ministry, somewhere along the line, it'll be tested. Somewhere along the line, the money will, will, will come to an end. Somewhere along the line, something will fall apart. And it will be a testing of the call. It will be a testing of the faith. Come on, who, who's been there? How many are there right now? We, 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 we all hit these moments. And I've, I found it to be true even in my own life. It's so, it's so exciting 
to be on the mountaintop and see the other mountaintop of where God's leading you to. And yes, we're going to climb that peak and God's going to be with us. And if God's for us, who can be against us? We're going to conquer it. Yes, and you huddle around with your team and you're going to go do it. And then you jump off the mountain cliff and you're in a free fall. And no longer do you see the rosy picture of the vision. You're now in this, you're in the trenches of warfare trying to just get through. It's a testing of the faith and a testing of the call. And it produces in us the maturity and the completeness that he's looking to have in us. That our faith is not whimsical, but our faith is true to the call. That we can go the distance. He's not looking for people that just are for him one day and against him the next. But continue to be consistent in what he calls us to do. These guys who were in the boat, they kept rowing. I want you to get this picture. They kept rowing because Jesus said to go to the other side of the lake. So they're going to keep going. They kept going. Now, Jesus had a plan. It was Jesus' intention to join them. If you join the same story in John. John chapter 6. Verse 17. It says, we'll read from 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake to Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. Now, his, it was his intention to join them. But what's interesting is if you keep going to verse 22, it says, The next day the crowd that stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples but they had gone away alone. I want you to get this picture. That when Jesus sent them off to go ahead of him, there was not another boat there. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was in that team meeting, and Jesus says, I'm going to come. I'll join you in a minute. You guys just go on ahead of me. And they're looking at the shoreline thinking, there's only one boat here. Come on. Logic. How would this work? I'm sure that was a discussion in the boat. You know, Peter saying to the rest, how is Jesus going to join us? There's only one boat. We got the boat. Maybe Jesus didn't realize that we've only got one boat, but we've only got one boat. But again, they took him at his word. Now, what was Jesus doing this whole time on land? Yes, we know he was praying, but let's go to Mark. And we see another bit of this story. Mark chapter 6. Verses 46 to 48, we'll read. It says, After leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake. I want you to say middle. So it was not on the shore, it was in the middle of the lake. And it was dark, okay? And he was alone on the land. Now get this next line. He saw the disciples straining at the oars. Just think about this. He's on land. He doesn't have infrared vision. It's before the era of satellites and helicopters. He's on the land praying, but he sees them straining at the oars because the wind was against them. About four, about the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. 
He was about to pass, uh, he was about to pass by them. And then we kind of keep reading that story. He was praying and keeping an eye on them. Can I tell you something? When he sent them off, they didn't miss his sight. Even in the moments when we hit the trials and we hit the, the testing of our faith, the eye of the Lord is still on us. It might be dark. It might be, feel like we're struggling. We're making no headway. But God's eye is on us. We're never alone. The disciples thought at that moment they were alone, but they were not alone. Because Jesus knew exactly what was going on at the entire journey. Isn't this an incredible picture? That Jesus saw every moment of what was going on in that boat while he was sitting there praying. Again, this understanding that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. No doubt he was praying for them. In fact, we read in Romans 8.34 that Jesus lives to intercede on our behalf. I don't believe that, that what Jesus was doing then is any different to what Jesus does now. He, he, he prays for us. He intercedes. He, he's for us, not against us. And so even when we're in the darkness of night, even when we're facing the challenges and the testing of our faith, he's there with us, even though it may feel like he's not in the boat. It doesn't mean his eye has not gone off you. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what's happening and what you need to go forward. Today, Jesus still sends us out and he knows exactly what we're facing. I, I want you just, if there's anything to remember, for those who are facing a trial right now, that God has not forgotten about you. Jesus hadn't forgotten about the guys in the fishing boat. He hadn't forgot about them, and he doesn't forget about us. Now, the time comes to join the disciples. It was an appointed time. Can I tell you what? There's moments when God says, that's enough. I'm now coming. And there's appointed times. There's a testing of our faith, but then there's the victories that come on the other side. And he starts to walk out on the water. The disciples see him and, and think he's a ghost, as you would. It's not one of those things you expect. He wasn't water skiing. He wasn't on a jet boat. He was walking on the water. And Jesus' response was, take courage. Don't be afraid. Now Jesus again, or sorry, Peter takes Jesus at his word and he takes courage and he's not afraid. And he says, you know, if it's really you, ask me to come out on the water. And Jesus says, come. Jesus calls Peter then to take this major step of faith in the storm. Imagine the situation again. It's dark. The wind is blowing. The waves are crashing. It's intense. They're in this, this not a nice big kind of boat or yacht. They're in a little boat going across a lake. And yet Jesus says to come out onto the water. I believe in, in life, many of us wait for the circumstances to just be right before we're willing to step out in faith. But you know, he calls Peter to step out in faith in the storm. Not only to be in the boat in the storm, but step onto the water in the storm. It's like he calls us, not when everything is perfect. When everything, when we got lots of money, when we got lots of resources, when we got all the things together, we'll do something, God. But please, can you kind of put it all together first? I believe he calls us in the storms, when we're already battered, when there's already this kind of tension against our lives. He says, I want you now. 
to come out and join me in what I'm about to do. What I am doing. Now, I, I really do admire Peter's courage for getting out of the boat and starting to walk towards Jesus. Now, Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and, and looks at the circumstances and becomes overwhelmed and starts to sink. And I think we often do the same thing, I think, in life. We, we, it's so easy to start looking at circumstances, isn't it? Even though Jesus has come, I'm with you, take courage. The circumstances can be overwhelming. And sometimes that, that, that our faith in an almighty God starts to weaken against the faith in the almighty circumstances. But can I tell you that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And he is more than able to reach out and help us in our time of need. He's, he's more than able to work in whatever we're going through. Peter cries out and immediately Jesus reaches out his hand. And he lifts us, he lifts him up and he lifts us up. And while this whole situation is going on with Peter, and often the story is talked about really just from the perspective of Peter, but the rest of the disciples are in the boat. And again, they're doing what Jesus asked them to do. And there's nothing really wrong with that. But in this moment of walking on water, they become spectators. And I think Christianity can be a lot like that. There are those, I think, that... that push the boundaries because they're willing to believe for the impossible. But then there's also an element, not that you're not Christian, not that you're, you're not, uh, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you, you are more, are, you're more of a spectator in the Christian walk than you are a participant. And I believe God calls us to be where He's at. And sometimes that's outside our comfort zone. Sometimes that's, that's still pushing the envelope of what's acceptable. But could we, could we be audacious enough to say, do you know what, God, I, I want to go where you're at. Even though right now I'm in the storm, it's a challenge, and there's all these other things that would say I should stay in the boat, because even in the storm, it's still the safest place to be. But in the storm, could God still be calling us to step out? That's a challenging thing. It's much easier to step out when you've got your bearings and everything's okay. But it's very difficult to step out when you feel it's already kind of things are going against you a bit. I know at the end of that journey, Peter had the real story to tell, didn't he? No one... I mean, it's one thing to get across the lake in a boat, but it's another thing. I walked on water. God, I believe, is still calling us to come and join him where he's at. I want to summarize what we've looked at this morning into three kind of key points. Jesus is in control of everything. Because even when he came into the boat, the storm stopped. Isn't that a fascinating thing? It wasn't that Jesus was worried about the storm. But at the moment he got into the boat, the storm subsided. He was always in control. Can I tell you that God is always in control of our lives? 
And the key is to be faithful to the things he's calling us to do. To keep going, to keep trusting. And the second part of it is Jesus calls us at points to take steps of faith, even in the storms. To be proactive in our faith and not just reactive. To be proactive in saying, God, where are you? What are you doing right now? What steps need to be taken right now? There's so many times I've heard of churches or people or individuals that are, are really kind of combating things on one front. And yet God is speaking something to challenge that to another level. Building programs that God calls you to give. Healing. And God calls you to pray for the sick. Yet you yourself are struggling. There's moments in our lives where we face where we are under kind of that feeling of attack or challenge. And yet God calls us to, to join Him in a faith step. To join Him where He's at. And lastly, our eyes must remain upon Jesus to stay afloat. It's very easy to become overwhelmed by life. All of us have had moments when it just seems like everything that could go wrong does go wrong. And it's very easy to feel overwhelmed by that. And we can lose hope and we can lose perspective. And it always happens when we start to shift our eyes off of the Lord and start to shift our eyes upon what we're facing at this moment. But you know what? Jesus saw the guy struggling at the oars even though it was dark and he was, they were in the middle of the lake, he saw them. Can I tell you what? God sees what you're going through and he knows what you need to see it through and he won't leave you stranded. There's something in this for you. There's something in the things that we face for us. The storms that we face in life, again, James says, consider it pure joy because it's a testing of our faith. It's, it's developing something in us that needs to take place. If everything we believed for had just happened as we hoped it would happen, how deep would our faith really be? I've discovered that the people that really know the Lord and really have journeyed with Him are the ones who've went through trials, not the ones who've had an easy going. Because the people who've wrestled with God, the people who've struggled through situations, seem to know the heart of God and seem to know they, they can walk the test of time. There's good days, there's bad days, but they stay constant in their, their walk with Him. And God, that's where God wants us to be, is this place of maturity, the place of completeness, where it isn't circumstance dependent, but it's Him dependent. We just keep following Him, we keep getting into the boats, we keep walking on the water, we keep doing the things that He calls us to do, because that's what He's asking of us. Jesus sees you, and He knows what you're going through. And he also knows what he's calling you into. Maybe right now, you might be in the middle, but God's calling you to take a step of faith. And only you know what that is. Maybe you don't even know what that is yet, but it's being open to his voice and not thinking, well, God, just let my life get sorted out first before I really start following you in this way. You know, I think now is the time to start listening to his voice. Where are you at, Lord? What, can, what are you calling me to, to go to join you in? What, what is it? 
I know my circumstances are overwhelming, but God, you've got something here. You're at work somewhere, and I want to join you in it. I don't know where you're at right now in your own lives, but I believe God is calling us to journey with him into the great unknown. But we trust him, we put our hope in him, and there's this promise that he will see us to the other side, even if it appears that he's not in the boat. Amen? Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.